podcast number two is go. Hello everybody and welcome to Gillan Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast, episode two. Uh, I'm Roscoe and I'm joined by Gil. Gil Rokotansky. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just, I thought I was just trying to say less this week because last week was just like... <laughs> it was all you, baby. <laughs> it was like you were like... I was going to say Carl Pilkington there, just because he's the only re- radio producer I can think of. But sure. you're not like Carl Pilkington because he has an IQ of 83. <laughs> and you have a considerably higher IQ than that. Yeah, so this week we are going to be talking about uh, The Descent. Or oh, The Decent. The Decent, as it's known. Have and you seen that film? Ah, it's Decent. Oh, it's Decent, sorry, man. Ah, The Decent Descent. Uh-huh. So we're going to talk about Descent and discussing uh, Stephen King adaptations in a wee bit more detail. Yep, because that's not predicting for a horror podcast. <laughs> what will we start with? Uh, well, we need something that's got more than two films in it. So yeah, Stephen, Stephen King's King. bad catalogue. Yeah. Where we'll end up saying, they're all shite, the Bachman books are the best ones he wrote. So it's always here, isn't it? Oh, uh, one of the suggestions that we've received from our... Uh, listeners and, and out there land is to do a wrestling themed uh, <laughs> wrestling this, themed horror podcast was this a suggestion by the listener that might be coming on the podcast yes. at some point and, <laughs> and does wrestle he does wrestle so <laughs> nice. yes that's, uh, and then Ross so uh, if anybody else has an interest in yep. something <laughs> and just wants to Ross, be on the podcast Ross also suggests that we do a hammer Films as a theme at some point. Um, so all these things. If you get any suggestions, feel free to, to get in touch with us. You stop talking to the couch. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Talk to the microphone. I'm not talking the, to the microphone. You're t- okay. You're always talking to the face hugger man. Yeah. So. Um, so I the descent. I yes. you you've rewatched it this week. I have because. Oh. It was that was my idea, so I I that come up with ideas idea. and then don't follow them through. Yeah. But I uh, I'm just checking what year it was. Two thousand two thousand five. Two thousand and five. Yeah. Uh, but I I really I wasn't expecting much of it the first time that I watched it. Uh-huh. I thought oh it's going to be another people in a cave mm-hmm. running about and getting picked off mm-hmm. which it kind of is in a way but it's so much more enjoyable it's not yep. it's not shitty and cheesy mm-hmm. and the the creatures I don't think they've ever even really got a name I think they are you, just throughout they get called crawlers crawlers but there's not really any name but that's such. that's just a rotten name it's <laughs> not the best that's that's wrong. I thought they were really good because yeah. you don't you don't see them, uh-huh. but they're lit enough that you can see what they're doing from time to time. Uh-huh. Unlike if you watch Alien and Aliens, they had a certain kind of well these suits. The mm-hmm. people that are in them can't do all this crazy running uh-huh. about. So once in a while we have to make them look impressive, but. Uh-huh. On the most part, they're just kind of hiding somewhere. Yep. But yep. the crawlers, they, they're mental. I really uh-huh. like them. I like the look of them. I like the fact that they look like they're just totally covered in saliva. Uh-huh. 
I'd say the only thing that I don't like about the descent, but it is a kind of artistic thing, is they're meant to be in an underground cavern, uh -huh. not using lights most of the time, uh -huh. but there is some form of natural light kicking about. Uh -huh. And the crawlers are meant to be blind because there's no natural light there. Right, sure. So well, you do get people that are walking about without a torch, mm -hmm. yep. not bumping into things, uh -huh. and the screen's not just pitch black. Uh -huh. That would have been good. I would have watched that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, th I think they kind of they, they explained that a, a wee bit during the uh, during the film, and they mentioned the the effect of natural light within the cave was caused by phosphorus from the cave walls. Ah, oh, shit! So they did. Um, so they, they, they explained that a wee bit, a wee bit there. Um, but, but it's still quite bright. Oh uh, yeah, it's absolutely. A lot brighter than I'd imagine it would have been, really. Yeah, it's it's brighter than you would expect uh, to cause something to be blind. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with it down. You know, if if you can see people walking about, uh -huh. you wouldn't expect that staying there for a long time would make you completely blind. Yep. Yep. But um, should we give spoilers? At all? Because uh. There's not much to spoil, is there? I mean, well, I don't know. Have you, have you seen the second one? I've not seen any of this. I only found it today that there actually was a sequel. So it's, yeah, there's, there's a third one as well. I think as well. It's, is there? Yeah, I, yeah. Part what, part two and three. But I, I've I seen part no two. Idea. I thought that part three was still not made. Oh, is it ongoing? Right, right. But uh, yeah, Wikipedia shall inform me in a second. Uh huh. But yeah, what did you like about the descent then? If you ah, uh, I loved it. Um, loved it from the get go. Uh, really, really liked uh, the start with a very fast paced uh, death sequence straight away with the husband uh, being knocked off pretty quickly, um, leaving this brilliant uh, all female cast. I really liked the the incident in the car with the yeah, uh -huh. the big bit of metal. I was like, yes. I'm generally not a big fan of things like that, but I just I felt it worked quite well, and then all the way through, there's f f the next moment that comes that uh, we're presented with as uh, the lead character. I think it's Sarah. Yep. Waking up in uh, in hospital, she detaches, rips off her uh, her monitors for the in the hospital, and um, all of a sudden uh, you just see her flatlining and it's just great because just that total foreshadowing of everything that's about to come forward and later on as well we see a, a stag that's the, the first thing they come on is that they come across as a stag that's been yeah uh, that's been mutilated which like for her is a kind of flashback yeah absolutely absolutely and so, then she's she has kind of flashbacks as well in the cave I can't remember if, it's, uh -huh. if she does them in more in the first one or the second one but there's a lot there, of there's a lot of really oh yeah my life has been shit and uh -huh. then seeing what the her dead family uh -huh. the flashbacks that we got in this film tended to be uh, our daughter uh, our daughter's birthday yeah. party um, but they're not done in a cheesy way really uh -huh. I, I didn't think that they didn't seem like they were put in there just to make you go, oh look, remember the start, you've uh -huh. been through all this horrible stuff. Uh -huh. But I like the fact that everybody did kind of pussyfoot about her throughout the film yep. as well, because 
they hadn't really seen her for a year because uh -huh. of all her crazy trauma. Yeah. And the fact that she, as far as they're concerned, could still be a bit mental and might snap uh -huh. or just break down. And this is like the weekend when they're trying to bring her out of her shell. Yeah. And I think the first thing Holly, uh, the Irish girl, says to her is something along the lines of that she'll have a million babies or something like that. <laughs> like an alien she makes, queen. She makes one joke and straight away Sarah just turns at her and says, what do you mean by that? Yeah. And it was a, a comment just about something to do with her being a bit of a thrill seeker. Um, but she's almost as if she's she's already de quite defensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, the, the it's rest like she of knows that they're all just trying to be yeah. overly nice uh -huh. to her and she doesn't want that at all. But it's great how they're all reacting to each other and I think it's 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 rare in, in films for you to really get that kind of realistic uh, kind of discussion between people and that kind of realistic friendship that's existed that's maybe no just as tight as as uh, I well, think I think it's the same in Dog Soldiers though, uh -huh. uh, Neil Marshall's previous film yep. because I thought a lot of the dialogue in that was a lot more mm -hmm. realistic. Yep. Even though it's a completely unrealistic premise. Yeah. It's been but a long time since I've seen Dog Soldiers, but I love that film. It's yeah. so good. You can you can relate to just about every character. Uh -huh. But the yeah. the awkwardness of her whole life and this the descent uh -huh. does also kinda of set up the entire premise of the film because the only reason they end up in that particular cave is because her friend wanted to do oh, yeah, a nice right. thing for oh, her yeah, by so. having it being I've found an uncharted cave. And that was, and was it Jody her name or uh, uh, Jo oh, to yeah. the internet <laughs> To the internet. It was uh Oh Juno, sorry. Juno, Juno uh, yeah. Juno was really annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> didn't really like Juno at all. That well, was uh huh. But also, it was nice that it was a film with an all-female cast that wasn't. It wasn't stereotypical in yeah. any way. It was. They all were believable. Uh huh. You know, there was. Their girls' weekend uh -huh. was like a girls' weekend uh -huh. would be. There was none of this kind of cheesy mm -hmm. sort of stuff. Wait, it wasn't bridesmaids in a cave. Uh -huh. But uh -huh. maybe if bridesmaids had been set in a cave, uh -huh. it would have been better. And yeah. Wilson Phillips could have been like the monsters at the end. I don't know if you've seen bridesmaids. I've not but, seen uh, bridesmaids. No. At the end of bridesmaids, uh -huh. there's this, but there's meant to be the big payoff uh -huh. kind of thing that involves Wilson Phillips <laughs> standing and singing a song. Uh -huh. oh, I I don't know, I just, um, I, yeah, I felt it was really uh, well, um, the, the characters were really well developed, um, there wasn't any unnecessary exposition or anything like that, it, it just felt, just felt Everything exactly, in it is required. Yeah, absolutely. There's, absolutely. There's nothing that's too much in it. Yeah. And, and the accidents are nice and believable as well. Yeah. I like the fact that someone gets really extreme rope burns. <laughs> Well, Juno actually, uh, oh, spoiler alert, it's been out for what? It's been out for years, seven, so years, seven years, years so, so, yeah. So, um, Juno accidentally uh, stabs uh, Holly. In, in the leg? Yeah, with... With um, a pick? Yeah, with with uh, a friend's pick, with a, uh, 
think it's got like a keychain on it that says "Live, Live Every Day," uh, which is <laughs> like which like is, your last. Yeah, which was kind of Sarah's motto yeah. at the start. She kind of, it's a thing that her husband said quite regularly. And then Sarah obviously finds out that this has happened, and, and then stabs Juno with the exact same pick. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, but she stabs her in the leg. Yeah. So that the oh yeah sorry uh, Juno stabbed it. Just stabbed the other Oh yeah, that's right. That's it's right. Juno that gets stabbed yeah, in the leg. Right, that's right. But Juno has murdered somebody in the cave. Mm-hmm. Very much. But uh, I also like the the fact that at one point they end up in the crawl's toilet. <laughs> when was that? I must have missed that bit. Maybe that's in the second one. Right. But uh, that was a bit where she's in kind of mucky water. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything. Uh-huh. And one of the crawlers comes along to the ledge just above it, right. turns round and really oh, right into man, it. I missed <laughs> Did you know it was, was Oh miss now. That's <laughs> but the I was when I was just looking up there uh-huh. I noticed the crawler design between uh-huh. I mean, the first and the second one does actually change. Right, really? Yep. In the second one they're uh-huh. a bit more bat like. Right, okay. Okay. But uh Yeah the first one's got that Brilliant scene in it where um, where Sarah is underwater and she she's under the, the kind of pool of blood and she rises up and it just, she just looks absolutely majestic. Yeah, yeah. There's there's something quite sexy about a woman covered from head to foot in blood. No, not so much. It doesn't, much, much, it doesn't work just, in true blood. Yeah, they've got a character in the last series of True Blood who keeps appearing uh-huh. head to foot covered in blood, uh-huh. totally naked. Uh-huh. Just not sexy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not just the fact that she just looks like she's about to kick ass. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that kind of. It's like the Arnie moment. Uh, is that it definitely it's, is? It's like Arnie in Predator when yeah. he's all covered in mud. That's it. That was. So you were you were saying about the the design between the yeah, two? Yeah, the there's a slight change in design, uh-huh. which. Uh, I don't know, it's probably not all that important uh-huh. for an audio thing, but you can have a look at it, see? Ooh. On the first one they look more like the fluke monster uh-huh. from the X-Files, Yeah. and in the second one they look a bit more like uh, the bat version of Dracula from... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'd say I prefer the, prefer the first, um, it's, it's kind of more formless. Yeah, it's, it's kind of more the, the kind of thing that's, that's just happened by accident and um, some kind of accident evolution type thing. Whereas the second one yeah. looks a bit a bit more human. Uh huh. And a bit like the, the features on the first one look a uh-huh. bit more melty. Yep. Definitely. It's like uh, the guy at the end of Robocop. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. The movements are absolutely incredible though. The movements that they do and the, just like the comparison with Alien and. Um, the, the, the way that they're able to move around the, the, the caves and stuff, it's really, really cool. Um, I was just I was reading the, the thing earlier on, the Wikipedia page, uh, about the production of this, and I discovered that... See, uh, you do research. <laughs> <laughs> this is when I should be working. <laughs> so, um, it was actually filmed entirely in the UK. Yep. Uh, and uh, was it not on one of the largest sound studios? That's that. I, I, that was, I, that. I know that because I saw a, uh-huh. a featurette about it uh-huh. on BBC Breakfast one yeah. morning. Uh-huh. It may actually have been about the second one, but they had uh, the Pinewood Studios, uh-huh, that's the true. James Bond, uh-huh. the James Bond set. It was uh huh. It was Pinewood. But I mean, I was really surprised that the caves were uh, were fake. 
Yeah, it just looks so so believable. It um, is good. Was that sorry? It is good. Yeah, it's and even the exteriors were shot between Scotland and Buckinghamshire. Yeah, uh, and that's obviously supposed to be the Appalachians. Canada. It's supposed to be the Appalachians, uh, mountain range, and Chattanooga National Park. I've um, always thought it was Canada. I I just keep seeing. <laughs> I keep seeing trees in films now, and I go, "That's Canada." Canada. Yep. Which ironically, if I if I thought the Scotland was standing in for Canada uh-huh. in uh, the descent, uh-huh. and it was doing so believably, uh-huh. why was I so pissed off at thinking that the trees in Brave looked more Canadian <laughs> than than Scotland? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So when did you go and see Brave? Did you speak about that last week or? Uh, yeah. I, I think that was maybe touched on when I this took my mother when I took my my mother for her birthday uh-huh. to go and see it. Yeah, right. That was good. Saw it in three D. Yeah. Because my local cinema is dirt cheap on a Tuesday. That's that. That's that. That's not why I took my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your birthday. I'm going to take you to see. You're talking off about your mother in this podcast, girls. Uh... That's because she just phoned <laughs> again. Do you think that she just she wants to be a guest on this podcast? I'll bet you. That's lovely. That'd yeah. Be really good. That'd be cool. Funnily enough, I hadn't actually spoken to or about uh-huh. my mother since last Thursday. Right, right. So, what, what do you make of the the ending of the descent when we get to um, when we get to Survivor Girl and she's uh, she's emerging from the the caves. I don't know if you remember. Uh, well, you see, because because you've seen both. Because I've seen yeah. both of them. Oh, well, what, ha- what happens is uh, Sarah is uh, she wakes up and she sees natural light flowing through the cave. Yeah, because she's just lying down waiting to die, isn't she? Uh huh. So she wakes up and she realizes that there's natural oh, light. She, ha- flying she has a hallucination of her daughter yeah. as well that kind of makes her look about, and then she finds the entrance, the crawls have been going in and out of, well, one of them, and then comes up through the grass. That's right. And is there a guy there? She gets into the car and drives away. Um, Then she gets out of the car to be sick, and her friend is sitting there with her face caved in. (laughs) And the passenger seat, so you realise that it is is, is a hallucination. Um, and then basically you see the, the final scene is her sitting next to a torch um, and imagining that it's her daughter on her birthday yeah. and just, when it, just it pans back and we can hear the, the crawlers getting closer and closer and closer. Yeah, I remember it now. But the, the second film does pretty much feature most of that cast as well. So what happens in the the, feature, the the second film? I don't really want to spoil it for you if you haven't seen it, to be honest. I really no, I really liked it. Well, some people... I can understand you... why Holly was... I saw that Holly was credited as being in it, um, which I thought was crazy because I couldn't understand how somebody could be in a, a sequel for... Because she's, she's not dead. There are people in the second Don't film that you thought uh, had died in the right. first film, oh. and uh, they do eventually get out of the caves. Uh huh. How many of them get out of the caves? Uh, two of right. them, I I think. It's been a while since I watched it. Uh huh. But uh, the caves uh-huh. aren't completely undiscovered. 
as as you find out uh -huh. at the end. Right. Because okay. there's uh, some people know the crawlers are there uh -huh. and maybe don't want people escaping and telling people oh, about the crawlers. Wow. And will maybe just uh, when you think everything's fine, uh -huh. will smack you in the face and, well, that sounds great. and throw you down the hole yeah. back into the caves. So, so is there definitely, did you say that there's a, a third movie, a third installment there, or? There's nothing mentioned about right, a third I'll movie, possibly got that but, uh, right. but given the ending of the second one, I mm -hmm. think it'd be quite good if they, if they didn't. Mm -hmm. It would just be like a really, really long X-Files episode mm -hmm. without without Mulder and Scully in it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. But yeah, uh, should we put one of our adverts in? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, okay. Which which one? <laughs> because... Uh, okay, we'll cut this out. Okay. <laughs> no, <back. laughs> we won't cut anything out. This is a Dogma 95 podcasting. Okay, and because we'll, be, we'll be back after this. After what? <laughs> we haven't put an advert in yet. So you can stop? No, we haven't put an advert in yet. You should tell people what the adverts are. No, just fire it on. No, tell people. Oh, that's my point. But then we get to say hello to the people that we're running the adverts for. No, we'll do that after. Alright. Keep it professional, sunshine. <laughs> right. We're a show that is ostensibly about horror. Booby bouncing. Yeah. Someone went. They're running. That monkey was Benson. <laughs> he had sex with uh, Kim Cattrall. <laughs> uh, open your mouth so I can fill the void. Rats are gross. Far Eastern Yeti have smaller feet than. So like, what are we supposed to learn from that? You're like, Katie. shit. This is the one with the really fat guy. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. They gave each other a Dutch rudder. It was yeah. fine. Apparently, you've never been to NakedAndy.com. Those are flaps, not doors. Like that's yeah. Woody. Anyway. Who's Woody? It's a wiker with a booty. <laughs> it looks like Mike's jerking it over there. I'm gonna class it up now. After that smut. Shows are most popular by the way they smell. You're a real black hole right now. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is, I bang him. The horror of unreleased Beach Boys songs. There you go. Are you referring to my lady right now? No. Night of the living podcast. Okay, so, right, so so advert over. Yeah, we're back in the room, um, and kills a kills a turkey or something. <laughs> Are you referencing Little Britain? Oh, Trying no. to. We're back in the room. Oh god, that was a. <laughs> I liked the radio series when it first came out. Uh -huh. The maybe the first series of the TV show was. Uh -huh. It was interesting because it was directly taking a lot of the radio show over to TV. Uh huh. The third series, uh, what a fucking mess. Little Britain in the USA. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to just say the, the Little Britain Abroad type thing. It's, yeah, uh, the, no, but they, no, they did a Little Britain in the USA yeah. series. That, that should have uh, maybe just been left there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause, but also Little Britain in the USA always just makes me think of uh, Arrested Development. Uh -huh. We Britain. Uh huh. That. <laughs> well, at least I mean, like, uh, at least shows, that's funny. Shows like League of Gentlemen at least realise that these uh, conventions are so naff. And I think Matt, I think uh, what's their names, David Walliams and Matt Lucas, think they're aware of how naff these conventions are too. Yeah. But it, 
doesn't seem to stop them from doing really crap things. Yeah. Um, and so maybe they just got into the idea that this is what people want uh -huh. and fill it all with catchphrases. Yeah, basically they have. They've really filled it with catchphrases. I think um, my favourite, my favourite show just now is uh, probably Bonniston in that type of type of sketch humour. Um, I've only ever seen one episode of Bonniston, but. It was it was better than I thought it was going to be. It's been be. good, but it's been pretty hit and miss of this last series. That's the, the only thing that's been a wee bit happening. So the previous series I should check out because they're better. Yeah, they're really, really good. Really, really good. Well, see, I, I was brought up on Absolutely. Right, right. So I, very I similar. really liked Absolutely. Right. I was very disappointed with Channel 4 when they did 20 years of comedy and I didn't notice any Absolutely uh -huh. being shown. Uh -huh. Or the Absolutely kind of uh, off-cut that was Mr. Don and Mr. George, yep. which just featured some amazing one-liners and uh, wordplay. Yep. But yeah, that's... But yeah. actually since you were saying about the League of Gentlemen there, they they incorporated some good use of horror into the first couple of series. Ah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. That was, that was the thing that made that uh -huh. quite interesting was the occasional homages to, uh -huh. you, to mean, classic the, cinema. The Christmas special was that kind of portmanteau uh, type. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really odd with all the people with the masks. masks I really, yeah, I really liked that, and just the the fact that every once in a while you think somebody's finally going to get away and. Everybody has to die. Oh. <laughs> and we've got that great um, Something Wicked This Way Comes type Papa Lazarus. Papa Lazarus uh, showing up at yeah, the end. Absolutely. It's, it's, no, it's absolutely was... great. And I, I love The League of Gentlemen. I love obviously the, the third series with the six interlinking parts and the style yep. of uh, Three Colours Red and three, that was... the Three Colours movies. Just absolutely great. Because the first episode, it looked like. This isn't really going to work. Yeah, no this laugh is... track. They completely get rid of the laugh and, track. And then, as it gets further into the series, uh -huh. with the red balloon. Yeah, absolutely. And everything uh -huh. that was... That's right. But watching the first episode, when it first went out, it was, oh, this is going to be the disappointing series. Mm -hmm. But when it gets to the end, it is the one with more of a payoff. Yep, ties up really, really well. Um, yeah, and I really like those characters, the... Uh, is it Daddy? Uh, the the guys who are organising the uh, the fetish convention yeah. in the the hotel. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love those characters, and I love the the, the kind of interaction between the the two that are having an affair in that show. That's absolutely brilliant. I like that the fetish characters did all just seem really believable. Because <laughs> if you've ever been to a fetish club, then that is what it's like. <laughs> I, I went to a fetish club once years ago because a friend of mine really wanted to go uh -huh. and had nobody to go with. Uh -huh. So uh, we went along and we drank two and a half bottles of Perno. Right. <laughs> which, which made it a really fun night. <laughs> but it also meant that by the time the DJ started playing, nobody was up for dancing mm -hmm. at all. And I was well up for dancing, so <laughs> I kicked off, kicked off the dancing at the fetish club. That's that, absolutely. And if you're at a fetish club and you want to get away from anything that you you might not want to just uh, 
burst out laughing at because occasionally. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, we, we forgot to reset. We forgot to reset the timer. Oh. Oh. I can quickly do that just now anyway. But, yeah. Uh, if you go to a fetish club. Yeah, dance. I thought that would stop me talking about this, but <laughs> sadly not. The right, let's just leave it at the safe word is banana and we can we can move on. The dance floor is the safest place to be. Right, wow. There you go. Cool. Girls, uh, you're, you're literally breaking the fourth wall there. I'm not quite literally. Well, no, because well, <laughs> we don't actually have a fourth wall because, you know, we just walk around it. That's we're, it. We're, not, we're not really pretending that, no. that there's nobody there. No. Otherwise, this would be done. This would be yeah, conducted exactly. by an interview. Exactly, because we now know that there are people there. Bizarrely enough, we're listening to We have had a review on iTunes. Yeah, I know. That's which a uh, good one, yeah. I, I can't remember exactly what it said. But it was, uh, let's see, it is from Ideal underscore Cynic, a meandering introduction and constantly veering off topic, which that's, that's <laughs> I don't know what podcast they were listening no, to, exactly. makes for a very entertaining podcast. There we go, good, 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 that's what I like to hear. But they're not sure if they can forgive my sacrilegious comments about Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, thanks uh, very much Ideal Cynic. His uh, following us on Twitter as well, so that's cool. They also thoroughly recommend that people download and have a listen. Oh, so great. If you're listening to this, they thoroughly recommend that you continue what you to have do done. So. so give yourself a pat in the back. Yep. A couple of sugar lumps. And everybody else, if you if you feel like it, write a customer review because yeah. apparently that's how the iTunes charts work. Yeah. Is it? It's not. Entirely based on downloads and stuff. Yeah, it'd be it pretty is, cool if you could do that. It is based on ratings and comments. So yep. even if it is to say, what a load of shite, yep. still leave that comment. Okay. So, but anyway, yes, uh, on to the Stephen King thing, yeah, which, so. which uh, I think this is now half an hour into the Stephen King special and we're finally mentioning <laughs> the man. <laughs> The Stephen King spectacular. No, yeah. I think I think this is pretty much how it will go. We've not really formalised it, uh, finalised any kind of format for this, but I think I, I don't think we ever should. No. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine us trying to work to a format? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. But it would be like Homer and Bart and yeah. the Simpsons. It'd just be one of us taking it and Thomas to choke the other. <laughs> so um, Stephen King, uh, week and yep. Um, so, Gil, would you maybe like to start what, what Stephen King monster piece have you been watching this uh, week? I watched The Mist, uh-huh. which uh, I think we will probably end up talking quite a bit about. Right, okay. Uh, I also watched Silver Bullet, which I know you also yep. watched. And I watched Needful Things, uh-huh. which uh, I, I got on DVD, but I... I hadn't actually watched since I bought it. I saw Needful Things in the cinema when I was just a pup. There you go. That was uh, yeah. But now watching it on DVD, it seemed so much more like a TV movie. <laughs> it really does. Just yeah. the, the colours and everything. It just seems like a, yep. like an extended episode of Haven, which <laughs> of course Haven is heavily influenced by Stephen King. Sure. And. Uh, Langoliers? Langoliers, I watched the Langoliers because I really like shite CGI. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. The Langoliers is 
a really good film until it gets to the effects, <laughs> and then you just think, oh, for fuck's sake, no, <laughs> please, no. Yep. Uh, it would be better if they had been unseen. Aye, absolutely. You know, if just bits of ground were suddenly, supposedly disappearing. Yep. Did you watch uh, Pet Cemetery or anything? No, but I, I did watch The Green Mile and ah, I wept like a newborn <laughs> at the end of it. Because, of course, uh, Michael Clark Duncan uh-huh. sadly oh, passed away yeah, that night. And that, yeah. and that was the night that I watched The Green Mile. That's crazy. But it was also the night that I watched Scream 4. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I noticed in Scream 4 uh-huh. was in the video club uh-huh. at the school, there was a Green Mile poster on the That's wall. That's crazy, wow. So I stopped watching uh-huh. Scream 4 and then Scream looked at the internet. Mm found out he had just died. Of all the things to have noticed in that yeah, film. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's nuts. Yep. Yeah. Almost like a Stephen King character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I watched, basically I watched Silver Bullet, um, Silver Bullet, Langer Wheels and Thinner. I was hoping to catch Salem's Lot. Um, Salem's Lot is a classic. Yeah, I've, I've only really watched the first half of that, and I also wanted to watch Storm of the Century, but I couldn't get a stream of it. Um, big, I, I really like I've, Storm of the Century. I've it's never been actually so seen since Storm seen of the Century. Yeah, it's been a while. So. I, uh, I think that of all the Stephen King films that I watched, the one that I hadn't seen for the longest time and <laughs> really enjoyed rewatching was Silver Bullet. Yep. Even though it's different to the book. Oh. In, how is it different? How does it differ from the book? Well, in the in the film it you don't really have any idea of time sure, sure. taking place, uh-huh. but in the in the book it takes place over the period of about nine to twelve months or something like that. Right, okay. Uh I, sh- I really should research things on Wikipedia yeah, more, yeah. but I'm pretty sure That's that okay. the uh, the werewolf killings tend to take place on holidays. Right, okay. Uh-huh. Like uh, Valentine's Day and, and uh, the werewolf actually, I think, gets... Because in the film, the reason he's got the... The fireworks is because the fireworks display has been cancelled. That's right. Uh-huh. And his uncle says. His uncle can, Red? That could never work. That's what he says. His, his uncle? No, he's just his uncle Gary Busey. His I uncle Gary Busey, yeah. His uncle yeah. Gary Busey he says. There you go. You can have your own like Fourth uh, of July. I'm pretty sure in the book it's the Fourth of July that he uh, that right, that takes right. place on. Yeah, I really like the, but, the 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 thing that he said after that was uh, so that the good guys can win. So that the bad yeah. guys don't don't win the day, which I thought was really cool and really Stephen Kingy. I thought it was that was really cool. I also like the fact that all the way through it, it kind of throws you off where you think that at the end, the werewolf will die by being impaled on the wheelchair. Uh huh. Yep. Because the wheelchair is called Silver, Silver Bullet. Bullet. Yeah. But of course, the I thought it was a really nice touch, and I don't think they'd actually go back to having a literal Silver Bullet. Yeah. Um. So I I kind of thought that was that was what was going to happen. Also, in the the voiceover, uh-huh. just mentioning that there's all these different werewolf mythologies, and the only thing that they do all agree on is silver bullets. 
that was nice. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was a young Corey Haim as well, if anybody's not seen it. Ah, right. And uh, I still never fully understood how he climbed the tree. Yeah, absolutely. He, but you saw it. You saw that he climbed quite frequently, and he was able to to be quite ambulant. And yeah, in different he, ways. But I mean, yeah, I mean, there were plot there were plot holes there in terms of the way that he was able to to get around and stuff. But yeah, I I thought it was such a such. But a did you notice the film. the kite that Brady was flying in uh -huh. that scene? That yeah. was a, a smiley face. It was a smiley face, which uh -huh. uh, just made me think of the stickers in the Howling. Right, right. Because See, that's. In the it brought to mind thinner for me because regularly there's all the way through it there's balloons with smiley faces on them. And was, thinner. Would the howling not be before thinner? Yeah, I, I, just, I, 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 seven, I hadn't thought of it. Seventy-eight or something. Yeah. That was uh, when she has to go into the porno booth. Right, right. And it's denoted by a smiley face. Ah, right. Okay. I, mean, I, I really, I, I love the howling. That's Julante. Uh -huh. uh, and the. The female werewolf. I always remember when I was a kid seeing the the transformation during the sex uh -huh. scene at the fire and thinking, "Wow!" Now when you see it, it's just it's just a little hand drawn animation type <laughs> thing where all of a sudden they just both turn into wolves. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I don't know if maybe the howling is the thing that that made me think goth girls were cute. Sure. <laughs> so the the, uh, the transformation scene and. And uh, this movie, I, I don't remember there actually. I remember the transformation back. You don't. Which I like. You don't see a transformation uh -huh. too uh -huh. by the Reverend at any point. But there is the the, trans the mass transformation uh -huh. at the mass. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's where, brilliant. That was, really, that really was good. actually really good. Yeah. Because all the way through the film, you just think this is very much a kids' film. Uh -huh. But the design for the werewolf itself, and then the transformation. And stuff like that. Even though there's there's not a lot of gore uh -huh. throughout the film, but there's, there's quite a bit of gore. For I mean, for well, a movie that I mean, for me, it reminded me of not knowing that anything like the same extent, but it reminded me of the Toxic Avenger in the <laughs> sense that the Toxic Avenger is essentially a superhero movie, yeah. but it's completely unsuitable for anybody to watch. Um, because it's it's so violent, whereas this it seemed like it's, a, it's a kids, kids movie, movie, but there's so much violence in it that it would, you couldn't realistically like the the fake head in yeah the, uh -huh. with the hunting party uh -huh. that was uh, that was quite funny where the man gets dragged under the fog uh -huh. and then you see the top half of his body coming up again, but it's like a paper mache yeah. head that then <laughs> just gets clobbered yeah, off. Yeah, it was great. Though. I really like that. And um, Locke from Lost was playing the sheriff. Yep. Hi. Um, which was really good. It was nice to see him. Yeah, with hair. Private justice. <laughs> that was a. Uh, also, that I I don't think there's as much of that in the book. Right. I think there's there's the book. Was it was more alluded to, uh -huh. but it was years ago that I read the uh -huh. book. I used to read a lot of Stephen King when I was in secondary school. Sure, I, I can't even remember the last time I read a Stephen King book. Now. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But I think that he went downhill when he went off the drugs. <laughs> what was his cameo in this one? What did he? Was he a? Uh, did he I, in this one? I didn't actually notice him in this one, although I did notice him in the Langoliers. Uh -huh. He's quite. What was he in the Langoliers again? When. Uh, 
when Craig Toomey is having his hallucination uh -huh. at the end outside the plane and runs uh -huh. up to a boardroom desk oh, with all the people yeah, around him, right. uh -huh, sure. it's Stephen King that's at the other end of yeah, the desk. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I don't know if Stephen King has cameos in every single film. It's the vast majority, um, even, you know, uh, even if he's just like Thanner, he's in Thanner, he's on the uh, Creep Show. Was he? Uh, Creep well, Show is obviously his biggest. Yeah, that's is it. Joel De Vero, where he plays Joel De Vero, the guy uh, that finds the meteorite, and he's uh, and he's he's chastising himself for being so stupid as he's turning into a big hairy moss monster. <laughs> that's right. And then <laughs> then that's blows right. his own brains out, uh -huh. or his or his mossy brains <laughs> all over the wall. Yep. I I have Creep Show on DVD. Yeah, somewhere. I like I uh, I like that one. I like uh, Creep Show Two as well with the uh, uh, Chief Woodenhead and all that type. What was the one with the the mummy story? With the the film being shot out in the woods and the guys dressed as a mummy. I don't know. I don't know. It might even might not even have been one of the Creep Show ones. It was one of the tales of the crap, perhaps. Uh, might have been some of that, but yeah. there's a, a guy dressed as a mummy uh -huh. who's who receives a call that his wife has just gone into labour. Right. And he's trying to get to the hospital, uh -huh. but his car breaks down and he's trying to make it through these spooky woods and people start trying to attack him thinking he's an actual mummy because he's still in full costume. But then he eventually makes it and it's like the mummy is a daddy. There you go, beautiful. So we've got uh, Father's Day, um, The Lonesome Death of Joel DeVero, this is Creepshow 1, Something to Tide You Over, which is yep, the Ted Danson one, which is pretty yeah. cool, um, The Crate, where a mysterious, extremely lethal creature is unwittingly freed from a crate in this classic monster story. What a brilliant synopsis. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, crate, a mysterious creature, is unlikely <laughs> released from a crate. And they're creeping up on you. Um, a miserly businessman is disgusted by both germs and insects. Yeah, he finds yeah. himself helpless to stop them. Yeah, that one was that great is... as well. That's nuts and Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye is a Stephen King yep. collection as well, wasn't it? Aye, uh, that was uh, young Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it was. That's right. And that was the, the cat. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. where she's the little girl that the troll, the little troll yeah. is trying to to steal her breath, mm -hmm. and it it's all from that. Don't let cats sleep on you. But yep. I think that goes back to when kids would be severely asthmatic and yeah, stuff, and cats would lie on them for comfort, uh -huh. and then asthma attack in the night, yeah. dead child. Yep. So people would think that cats had stolen their breath, but, but he twists it around that the cat is protecting yeah, that the was kid's great. breath. Really, really cool, and I love the character design in that as well. So if you have a child, put a cat on it at night. <laughs> Tuck it under a layer of cats. That'd be like the new put a donk on it. Put a cat on it! <laughs> and that cat's eyes also got the, the one where the guy has to walk around the building, he gets caught yep. sleeping with is that he gets caught sleeping with a businessman's wife or something like that and then yeah. he's, he's told he'll let him away with it if he can walk around the side of the building. Um, so that, was, that one was really good as well. Yeah, because he used to write really nice things like that that were... So that you could almost comics mode kind of yeah. things. 
there is there is always something disturbingly realistic about yeah. them. Yeah. That was I think that was the Stephen King stuff that I always preferred. Uh huh. And then no more drugs, not a good man. <laughs> yeah. Um so so we also watched uh, Langoliers. Yep, The Langoliers, uh, of course, isn't actually a film, it's a television TV miniseries. Yep. But uh, I actually, I'd seen it a few times, uh-huh. so when I put it on, I fell asleep uh-huh. for about half an hour. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't really miss anything. This was the first time I'd seen it. Uh, was it? Yeah, that was the first so time. So really enjoying it until the effects came in? Exactly, well that's what I said, yeah. was... Um, First two hours I was loving it, and then just like an hour in, uh, two hours in, I just was like, oh man. It's, is... it's like a scary <laughs> meatball advert. Yeah, meatballs with teeth. Um, yep. Yeah, that was really disappointing. I mean, all the way through there was like terrible effects with the plane, um, but I really liked the But mystery. you can forgive that. Yeah, absolutely. That's... I really liked the mystery. I liked uh, the characters, uh, with the exception of the Stephen King character. And the guy from Quantum Leap. Uh Dean Stockwell. Uh, yeah, Dean Stockwell. Um, I I I usually really like him, um, but in this he was too uh, kind of. Uh, he knows too much. Yeah. That's the the problem with Langoliers is that it just doesn't sound convincing when he's speaking. It was I mean. It was, yeah, he's. Uh, he, it's just oh, all of a sudden the entire Dear plot boy. of this film has occurred uh-huh, to me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's just as well you were asleep on the plane uh-huh. at the time. So it was. I think they were kind of trying to go for a Stephen King slash Sherlock Holmes type character, and really, I think it was poorly cast from that point of view. Yeah, the um, love story doesn't really well, work. They're trying to say. Really? Did you know about the love story? I, I, I wasn't really as keen on I the love story. I love both the love stories. I really liked both of them. Well, and I, I don't know. I think that the the love story between the two younger ones is more obvious because uh-huh. yeah, she's she's kind of hot and he's ginger. Uh huh. Yep. So you know he's punching above his weight. But I like so many different levels. I like Nick. I like the the British. Yeah, with Her Majesty's <laughs> Majesty's Andy Man. Yeah. What <laughs> what did he do to the I Army? That's that. That's, that's that, yeah. And then makes up for it with daisies. That's that, he's the best yeah, he is at what he does. You cheap bastard. Yep, what he does isn't very nice. Yeah, so, outside yeah. the church. I know, but the, I mean there was potholes, there were a number of potholes there as well in the Langoliers with, well, for example, why, if they're flying over Denver, why can't you see anything in Denver? Why can they still see mountains? Yeah. If the Langoliers have already cleared that area, or I think that's probably not the correct name for them, but if the, the meatball No, but creatures, the, the Langoliers is meant to be Craig Toomey's uh-huh, that's, that's the character kind of yeah. boogeyman. So I think we can, we can call them the Langoliers. Yeah. Because yeah, we're not going to bump into them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not, exactly. And but even if you did, they're not going to go, you got our names wrong. I really liked the Toomey character and I liked the way he was shot um, yeah, through yeah. most of it. I thought it was really cool, and particularly when you see how he sees other people, and there are these kind yeah. of purple creatures with cling film around their faces. Um, that was really creepy, and I really liked that. He's a man who has been broken by his father, yep. just over and over and over again, to the point where he might be successful, but he's completely dysfunctional. Yep. And then his one act of rebellion is just to go, fuck it, 
43 million I'm going to buy something that's worth nothing with that mm -hmm. and then I'm going to get on a plane and go to a business meeting where I shall laugh <laughs> you're like well yeah, yeah. you, you kind of want him to get to that meeting that's how the film should end <laughs> is that they do get back and it turns out that they're on time for, for them all to go Craig now's your big moment <laughs> we've arrived just before the flight departs get on it <laughs> just for the end of the film just to be him naked in a boardroom just smeared in feces and banging a chair off his face shouting I don't care <laughs> that would yeah that would be good maybe that's how Frank Darabont would have altered yep. the ending if he <laughs> made the Langoliers yeah no it's was, it was, I, I really enjoyed it up till the end and it just kind of fell apart from there yeah in my view um, and I felt the ending kind of didn't really work either. I, well, it was a nice. It, it did work, but it just it didn't feel. It didn't feel like a satisfying conclusion. Yeah, if if he comes to this realization that any minute now they are going to suddenly become visible to everybody as time catches yeah, up on itself. Probably. Why not? We should really uh, explain that they they basically they go through a. a Look, the Aurora Borealis takes yeah. them back in time by like by 10, 15, 15 minutes. Seconds. Was it seconds? Yeah, I it's just it a minutes. very, very short period of time. So the past is effectively... The, the Stephen King character tells us that basically time travel can't involve uh, going back to save JFK from getting shot. Because the Langoliers have already eaten it. Clear, it's already been cleared, but what what they're seeing is the, the past as it actually is. And I thought that was a really cool uh, setup. I really liked that. It is. It is really nice the fact that all the all the beer is rotten, off, flat, yeah. and tasteless, mm -hmm. and you know that that really affected me. That that plot device. <laughs> Like you, you cry. You can you can time time travel, but the beer will not be tasty. <laughs> like when I fuck time travel. She's a bit I'm staying here. <laughs> yep. So. But why don't they just go and hide in a cupboard, or something? You know. And at no point did any of them go. Well, if this is the setup for the future, then it's already going to have fully stocked tills full of money. <laughs> And I've just been through fucking hell, uh -huh. so I'm getting a wee bit of compensation. That's it. But I liked as well that they thought about it to the point of saying, well, we need to be somewhere where there's not going to be people. Yeah. It's not going to be safe. So, so we're just going to stand against a wall uh -huh. in a very busy departures lounge. And then the bit at the end where they're like, look, mummy, it's the new people. Yep. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Or look, daddy, it's the new people, I think. Uh, that, yeah. That was cool. Um, but the... Seriously? Seriously? <laughs> Every week? Great. This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? This is just a bad movie. This is not at all good in any any way, shape, or form. Because there's one word I have to describe this movie, and it is derivative. Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I was in search of the stop button. I know. <laughs> In search of a plot, that's what this movie should be called, you're right. Uh, so, zero out of five, fuck this movie, don't watch it. Ugh.
Then you should spend time with David and me as we discuss horror films from old classics, Deep Red, The Dunwich Horror, Maniac, to new favorites, Event Horizon, House of the Devil, Slaughter Night. Come listen to Devour the Podcast. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. Um, that's us. That's us back after uh, okay. the second second commercial tele- break, <laughs> following telephone interruptions yeah. yet again. So, um, so Langoliers, uh, more or less finished discussing that though. Yeah, Langoliers, really good setup, and then really poorly executed ending. Really, it's about a theme uh, with Stephen King's work. Yeah. I, I think the problem when people come to to make adaptations of his work is that they they're really really keen at the start. Maybe when they're writing the script, they're they're really really enthused and uh-huh. they put all their effort into it. Then they get to they get to the the third act uh-huh. and go, oh yeah, hadn't thought this through. Yeah, and that's. That was the case you were saying earlier on about um, what, what film was it we were talking about last week? Uh, that you were saying that the ending really needful things. Well, speak <laughs> sorry, we were speaking about needful things. That was as it was. I was trying to remember what the movie yeah. was. Yeah, I I really like the the whole setup in needful things, but the third out. But the end just always seems a bit. Yeah, so I mean, Need everything for, just happens uh-huh. at once, and everybody's in the same is, place. I mean, the idea is that the it's a store moves into a small town, um, where you you will you will meet him, and he will miraculously have something that will have huge meaning for you, meaning for you, yeah. but but then you will owe him a favor. Yep. And it, all, it always seems like it's a small favour yeah. uh, to start off with, and the idea... Like tear up the flower bed. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of thing. Uh, so, so the thing just builds, and I don't... Yeah, there's lots of inconsequential favours uh-huh. yep. that are basically building to the point where they will tear the community apart, yep. and mm-hmm. he can stand back and laugh. Yep. And I mean the, the the bit that I remember, I don't remember the exact climax itself, um, but the some of our uh, the characters that have been set up find their way to his basement, and there's a scrapbook uh, in the basement which basically is. says that he started World War One, uh, that that he is Satan and that he started World War Two. Sorry, or something he, quite similar to to that. It's that, kind of implied that 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 he yeah, the, the war in this way. But at the well, the 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 climax of the film that I have never really enjoyed that much is just the fact that everybody ends up out in front of his store, mm-hmm. and James Can, who's the sheriff, yep. and mm-hmm. has been suspicious all along, uh-huh. is standing out in front, just shouting at him uh-huh. and everybody while the town has been about to tear itself apart yep. and you just think it's it's all just happened too quick 
Well, it's it's just uh, it just seems rushed oh, sure. when it gets to that point. It's like okay, somebody's figured out something, somebody's figured out something else, and now let's have the climax. Yep. And Needful Things it was a theatrical release. Or yep, a... I saw it in the cinema. Right. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Um, so have you got anything more to say about that one? Or uh, no, I, I just uh, I watched it again because I, I I do still like the film despite the flaws. Yep. Because I, I do like most of the people that are in the yeah. film as well. It's, uh-huh. it's actually got quite a strong cast. Uh-huh. But the it's so dated uh-huh. in its look. Sure. I mean, Stand By Me uh-huh. looks fresher uh-huh. than Needful Things. That's uh, but there's that nice romanticism about the stuff that Stephen King does, and uh, that's yeah, and but that's, this, that's this really played on. Time. I should, yeah, sure. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's really played on the needful things. Um, like for example, there's one of the older characters, and it's uh, a baseball jacket that he's wanting to get, and the 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 store owner is saying to him that oh, make you it'll rejuvenate you basically, yeah. it'll make you this uh, this young man again, and um, but he and Tony ends up just getting more and more messed up yeah, as the thing goes along. It just uh, it's an enjoyable film, but it doesn't doesn't really seem like a Stephen King film. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't doesn't seem like a Stephen King story as much. Mm-hmm. When you get to the end and everything just becomes a bit too Mordashiro sure, sure type thing, and it it has the I think one of the things we were talking about last week when we forgot to record stuff was the introduction of uh, William Gaunt, the owner of Needful Things, is that he turns up in town. What is wrong with you? How can you remember this stuff? (laughs) In a black cat. What is your problem? uh, Jeez Louise. I tested uh, borderline. That does not surprise the, me. Not the, not the Madonna song. <laughs> right, okay. But, yeah, okay. I, I, Have you I ever been to Minnesota? Are you an excellent driver? No. That's the so. test. <laughs> I uh, did uh, just always spot this moment in films, like uh, Witches of Eastwick has it, Needful Things has it, there's loads of films where there's the kind of demonic or or just the the bad guy arriving in town, yep. where it's uh, the the composer's gone. What we need is and then a black Cadillac going down a street lined with trees, leaves all over the ground, and it's going just slightly faster than the speed limit would be. Just just enough to kick the leaves up. But not enough to be blowing them right out of the way. Thinner pretty much starts like that as well. It's uh, the the gypsies coming to town. Um, in a black Cadillac. In black Cadillacs. Yep. Uh, there's there's a uh, there's a couple of uh, j- gypsy caravans, but there are black Cadillacs. There's Leaves that. on the ground. I, I'm quite sure there are. Yeah, it's it's very. Uh, I, I'm sure it's uh, it's the typical main setting uh, that Stephen King tends to. Because I've because I've not seen thinner. Mm-hmm. So this will be an education. Yeah. Although it seems to be starting off from a point I'm already familiar with. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the big black car. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, thinner. I, I have to say I really enjoyed thinner. Um, 
so it starts it's basically it's a character called Billy. Um he's a he's a lawyer, he seems like quite an amiable character. Um but he's really fat. And he starts off and he's really, really huge. Um and as the movie progresses you kind of find out that he is he's quite a um, he's been working with the mob, for example. The, he's managed to get the, get a, a mob boss off from a, a crime that he probably committed against his will or against his better judgment. Or um, no, he seems to be doing it. Uh, seems to be doing it. Uh, so he seems like an amiable character, but then he keeps making these kind of morals. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's a theme uh-huh. throughout yeah, a lot absolutely. of uh, the duality of man. Uh-huh. That's uh, definitely a theme throughout Stephen King's work. Also a theme throughout Stephen King's life. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Stephen King versus Richard Bachman thing, uh-huh. which only, I think that only fell apart uh-huh. because some because there was one bit of paperwork that had Stephen King's name on it associated right, with Bachman, okay. and uh-huh. that's how they ended up having to say that Richard Bachman had died of. Cancer. What was actually released by Bachman? What books uh, did we recognise as being? Running Man. Right, wow, okay. Uh, Misery was meant to be. Right. Uh, and The Dark Half was supposed to be right, okay. a collaboration between Stephen King and Richard Bachman mm. if they'd been able to keep the, the whole charade going. Sure. Long enough. Yeah. But yeah, there's, the Bachman books was released as a compendium, mm-hmm. I think after he had supposedly died. Sure, okay. So, uh, Thunner, um, this, this reprehensible lawyer, uh, he is driving home from a party where that's presumably been paid for by the mob um, with his wife, um, and we're introduced to the gypsies, uh, the gypsy characters, who are Native Americans, I think, as well, which is, I, I don't know, it's kind of... So, it's, it's kind of strange, but they mentioned coming to the country, but there's definite kind of overtones throughout, so it's, it's strange. Um, regardless, uh, they are robbing Stephen King's uh, pharmacy. So Stephen King is right. the, the pharmacist, and the, uh, the, uh, the, the head of the gypsies, um, the, the, king, of the, the gypsies. king of the gypsies, the, the king of the gypsies' daughter, who herself is a really old woman, leaves the pharmacy, she is really old. Uh, I thought you were going to say, is a really beautiful young woman. No, there's, the a, there's a beautiful young granddaughter, um, but no, uh, the, uh, no, great granddaughter, I think. Um, but she leaves the pharmacy and she gets run over by uh, her, her character, Billy. And basically the whole thing is, he gets cussed because he's fixed. So is it a hit and run? He doesn't. Basically, he's he's uh, he, he stopped and everything, but the the courts, the police, and he have conspired to, to basically get him, get him off with it. Um, so the the story basically follows around about that. Um, the old gypsy basically puts a cuss on him, says thinner by stroking his face, puts uh, another cuss on the judge. He turns into a lizard man. Does he touch his face and go lizard? Lizard. <laughs> he touches his chest and goes lizard. And then the third one, uh, the, the police officer turns in, gets some kind of mad acne. Um, mad acne, <laughs> that's what she says, she strokes his face, mad acne. Yeah. So that's that's where it goes, and the whole thing is just the, the kind of moral tale with a nice, it's got an ACC twist at the end as well. Um, 
because the wife has been cheating on Billy while he's been away. So yes, but it's really cool. And I, I does the curse get lifted? Can the old lady lift the curse? We'll, we'll not go into that because it's really cool. No, just please really tell me because I want to know if, if I can accidentally... The curse can be lifted. Right, so, um, so if I run over... Uh, but it needs to be passed on to somebody else. Oh, that'll be fine. I can sort that out. Yeah. I'm just interested in this curse that makes you thinner. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If I can get that from just, just a week or two, so, yeah, then I'll have it <laughs> Yeah, you can pass it on to me and then I... <laughs> then you can get the Ponzi scheme. That's yeah, it. We just have to never pass it on to Ross Gilchrist. Because <laughs> he would just turn invisible. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed Thanner. I thought it was really cool. Um, nice, uh, a nice short story type uh, setup, um, And a nice, nice ending. Is it based on one of his short stories? I believe so. I believe so. I think sometimes that's when the adaptations work best. Is mm. Because the... The adaptations by Frank Darabont uh-huh. are very lengthy right, sure. films. They're, are any of them under three hours? What one says Darabont then? Uh, Shawshank, uh-huh. Green Mile, and The Mist. Right, okay. And so they're all about three so hours really long. Some of the really most successful ones then. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I was surprised The Mist wasn't successful, considering the the collaborative history of was the Was that not successful, no? Well, it, it wasn't, it made a lot of money, but it, it isn't, I mean, we've mentioned it on Twitter and uh-huh. things like that, and people have not known what film we're talking uh-huh. about, so, but if you, some, mention the, like, uh-huh. if you mention The Green Mile or Shawshank, yeah, away, yeah. oh yeah, I've seen I think people are getting confused between that and John Carpenter's The Fog, mm. which is easily done, and Storm of the Century, those two films are quite similar in that sense, so it's... Well, the, the Mist is kind of linked to other writings by Stephen King as well, supposedly, because in the Dark Tower series, right, okay. there's supposed to be the place where the monsters come from is mentioned in that, right, and that's wow. maybe what the army are experimenting uh-huh, with sure. at the start of the mist, so Great. it's meant to be that that they accidentally bring through. Mm-hmm. But then, there you go, now we've moved on to the mist. What did mm-hmm. you think of? Been a while since I've seen it, Gil. You know, leave this in your cable today. And, and do you do you remember when you watched it? Like, I watched it on release in the cinema. Um, not a DVD release, but yeah. Because I don't remember it being in the cinema. Otherwise. Yeah, I remember it being. I remember it being in the in the cinema because it was quite a it's quite a big deal, like in terms of the podcasts that I listen to people talking about it and getting quite excited about it. Or see, I I don't listen to many uh-huh. podcasts. Sure. Sadly. I I will maybe start listening to, to more now because right, sure. you've you've pointed a couple out to yeah, me that yeah. I that I have listened to and quite enjoyed. Yep. But uh, they've got girls in theirs. Where's our girl? <laughs> Real Seriously, parade. where's where's our girl? Yeah, absolutely. Um but yeah the must so um it's, well, it's basically not a, a shop and uh, a department store for most of the no, it's, well, it's like a it's like a small town's main grocery mm-hmm. store type thing mm-hmm. where basically you have a an artist and his kid go to the shop mm-hmm. and leave the wife at home uh-huh. and while they're at the shop this mist kind of descends over the whole town and everybody that's in there. Uh-huh 
just feels a little bit nervous because you can't see very far at yeah, all. Of course. And then other people are arriving and they all decide that they'll just kind of hang about for a bit and wait for the mist to clear. And then these weird creatures start showing up. Yeah, vagina like tentacles. Old, as vagina tentacles. <laughs> Amy, Amy Morris said in the Night Eleven podcast. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Vag- vagina know. tentacles doesn't sound that bad, to be fair. And These things lot, are absolutely horrendous. There's a lot of men oh. in that store. They they could all oh. be quite happy if it was vagina it's, tentacles. It's so, so minging. But there's the, the insects, uh-huh. big oversized insects yeah. that, uh-huh. uh, that when they bite you, you'll just puff up yep. stupidly and and then different creatures keep coming so you you don't have just the one bad thing it's, yep. it's just it's basically the the lower life forms from a massive universe uh-huh. that's what it feels like yep. at first where you've you've just got Kind of insects, and which is a really cool idea. It's just totally overblown yeah, in size. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, it then has the division of the people in the store. Yep. Because there's a woman who's very convinced that this is all down to God. Right. Uh huh. And then you've got the people that are like, "Are are you crazy? Sure. But look outside. That's not something God made. Yeah. Uh huh. But uh. You can't really say too much about it without just giving away massive bits of the sure. plot. And since so many people haven't seen, haven't it. seen uh-huh. it, I think they really should watch it because it's one of these films that's really it's slow, uh-huh. and you do kind of invest in characters. And then when it gets to the end, mm-hmm. you just sort of go, "What the fuck?" Yep. But that's not how the book ends. Oh, the book has, oh. the book has a different ending, and then Frank Darabont had the idea of changing the book, and Stephen King really likes the sure. changes that he's uh-huh. made, which uh, isn't always the case uh-huh. with his films. Like the, the Running Man, doesn't have Stephen King's name on it. It has Richard Bachman's name on it. Right. But I think okay. that's maybe because the film of the Running Man that came out. Uh-huh fuck all to do with the book really. Uh-huh. Right, okay. It's so different from the book that they've just they've taken ideas from the book and gone let's let's make an army film. Yep. Which doesn't necessarily work. Sure. And in fact the the character actually dies at the end of the book. Right. But okay. you can't uh-huh. you can't have has Arnie ever died in a film? Uh, um, <laughs> I like how you had in a film. <laughs> um, he's died many times in real life. Um, and this yeah, is over and over again. <laughs> but never in, in a real film. life. But never in a film. But never. Never. In I, a film. I can't think of any films in which he dies. No. He's, can you imagine if you had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sean Bean in a film together where it was meant to be a buddy cop movie? Yeah. It would, it would just be what five five minutes of buddy cop movie and then the rest of it would just be Arnie because. <laughs> Sean Bean always has to die quite early. That's that. Yep. Did he make it through an entire Lord of the Rings? No. <laughs> so, um, basically I think that's the films that we've watched this week, or is there any more? Or? Uh, well, I was thinking that we should maybe just talk about them in, in general, because yeah, sure. when I was watching The Mist again, uh-huh. I was thinking I, I really like the way that Frank Darabont does his 
his everything, pretty uh -huh. much. And uh, there's a new series, well, sorry, new season, because uh -huh. it's American, of The Walking oh, Dead, yeah, right. starting up soon, which is Frank Darabont as well. Yep. And that just made me think, why has he not done the stand? Yep. Yeah, why doesn't absolutely. he do the the uncut book mm -hmm. of the stand? Because The Walking Dead has shown that he can quite easily create the empty towns and empty cities yep. and everything that would be required for the stand. That when you read the stand, you think oh. anybody making this film, that's going to be their biggest mm -hmm. struggling point is all these empty places that that he's now using in The Walking yep. Dead. And oh. The Walking Dead's good because uh -huh. I don't know if you've ever read the comics. I've not read uh, the comics, no. I've watched the series, I've watched, uh, I've, I've watched maybe about two thirds of the second series and all of the first series. So. Well, the, they are different, mm -hmm. but the, the writing in the comics was something that I always found a bit mundane, right? To be honest, I, I never really. It's Robert Kirkman who uh, also wrote uh, Marvel Zombies and um, went to kind of great success with that. Uh, I yeah, just I just found his writing to be a bit. Yeah, I was never a great fan of Marvel Zombies. Meh, kinda, it's yeah. it's like people oh, just seem to be saying things that are far too obvious. Uh -huh. it's, it's like nothing's hidden because mm -hmm. everything. Is like, I, I don't know if maybe he doesn't read a lot of sure. comics, sure. really. I mean, the the thing with comics like Watchmen is that it doesn't just go, this is what's happening yeah. continually. and But most he, most comics are like Watchmen. That's yeah. the thing to remember. Most but, comics are pretty pretty poor. Uh, I'm a, I read comics every week. and. I spend a lot of money on comics and a lot of the time I used to. I, I yeah, had I to kinda cut it back to be honest. I had to kinda was, walk away yeah, from comics. It's actually quite frustrating the, the, the writing in some uh, at times. I'm considering getting back to two thousand AD though. Because right. uh, two thousand AD have said that the issue that's coming out soon uh -huh. which is going to have a Simon Bisley cover oh, right. for the first Fantastic. time in 22 years. Oh, wow. Simon Bisley doing a Dread cover Great. and it is just the grumpy uh -huh. Dread face and Anderson is there but it looking just like 80s Anderson but she's, she's got the bobbed haircut. Aye. Uh -huh. yeah, it does yeah. I mean that's when I, I, that's I used my to read it in the early 90s and um, when I was when I was a kid I was kind of and I graduated for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on to 2000 AD um, and I used to the, the bits that I really liked were again that same kind of EC Comics type yep. um, the kind of morality tales like the uh, the guy getting chased by um, bunny girls Gets to, gets to choose the way that he's he's, he's killed. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of thing. I really like that that kind of idea well, the, and different things like that. And they had loads of wee bits and pieces like that. But I love love Judge Dredd as well. So it's. I think Dredd was probably my favourite uh -huh. character, even above Batman and things like right. that. I really really liked Dredd because it has a bitterness. Uh -huh. That's one thing that. Dread has is it's it just seems more it seems more realistic sure. even though it's set in the future and they've 
they've got all this fantastic technology. It just seemed <coughs> better written. Yep. And I really hope that if, that when they do make a another Dread film, we'll get to see the Dark Judges. Yep. Because that would yeah that would be good. For me, it was the X Men. I used to love love the X Men when I was a kid, and I still do. So. Yeah, the X Men are good, but Judge Dredd could just kick all their asses. <laughs> you just yeah, know. Look forward to the film. I mean, it looks yeah. uh, it looks quite. Uh, I've heard a lot of people compare it to the Raid. Um, so well, they they do basically. It's it's a bit unfortunate that obviously the the Dread film has taken so long to make. Yeah. Because of all the effects uh-huh. and everything, and the Raid. This kind of jumped out. That. Well, they, they had a lot of prep time uh-huh, for the raid with sure. them learning the martial arts and yep. stuff, but the actual filming of the raid be relatively would short. be relatively short compared to that, and then the post-production. Sure. The If it was a world where things should happen properly, Dread should have come out first. Yep. <laughs> because the raid really is just a, a block war from the old 2000s, uh-huh. and you know, it was, it was written by a Welshman who mm-hmm. I bet he's got a few copies of 2080 yep. and I bet if you say what's your favourite Dread stories he'll be like oh I really like Block Wars yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah but you've just gone and made a Block War when they were making a Dread so it was written war. by a Welshman really yeah wow it's a, an Indonesian film but written and uh-huh. produced by a Welshman nuts yeah with a music by a member of Linkin Park and somebody else Sar. Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park uh-huh. And another guy did the soundtrack, okay. but yeah, it's. Uh, I think the Welshman's surname is even Evans. Right. I think it's, it's Gareth Evans. It might even be Gareth <laughs> Evans. I'm now right. going to have to <laughs> Don't look bother. up. Come on. The Raid Redemption right. on Wikipedia. Okay, so back to Stephen King. If we get anything, are there any any further comments to? Everyone should watch Maximum Overdrive. I've that was actually seen, that was a. That was his, did he direct that? Am I correct in thinking that he that he actually directed? Did he? I, I think he did. Uh, that's I'm, one I of those I'm, weird ones because uh, I remember the, the the person that said uh, on Twitter, uh-huh. Johnny Monolith. He uh, he didn't believe me when I told him that Clive Barker had directed uh-huh. the original Hellraiser, and that's why it's such a shit film. Uh-huh. But uh, I. I'd never paid attention to who directed Maxwell Overdrive because you just you uh-huh. don't pay attention to it, you just watch yeah. it and you love it. Stephen King directed it. Yep. Yep. Um, well, was... he should direct more of his own films then. <laughs> and so even were... though I'm not a big ACDC fan, that uh-huh. soundtrack totally works. Great. In every single bit of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, the, I will still find the raid. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you were you were wanting to to thank a bunch yeah, of just um, probably an idea to to wrap up just at that. Um, yeah, I should I would, I would tell you how long we have. Oh, we have about three minutes for all the wrapping okay. up stuff. No worries. Uh, so just want to thank everybody very very much for listening, um, especially Gareth by, Evans. As honestly written and directed by good. Gareth Evans. I feel quite racist. <laughs> <laughs> I left the wheels. It's hell in a cell. It was horrendous. But hey, that's the name that's of the, the, the next film in the yeah. raid series. Yeah. Um, the raid. Hell yeah. In a so cell. just just thanks very much to everybody for listening and subscribing. 
thanks to Mick, Mark, uh, Mick, Mark, uh, Rachel, Stuart, Kate, uh, Sandy uh, for all sharing and providing reviews on Facebook. Um, Jamie and David that develop the podcast uh, and Everyday at Night 11 podcast as well for the advert swaps. Um, Cheers to Ross, Adam, and Jamie for the feedback. So and to Ross for uh, as well. for yep. our theme tune. Yep. Uh, so just want to say thanks so much to everybody for listening. I think this week we uh, last week we were about uh, we had a good few downloads and hopefully that will continue to build. So thank yep. you very much for the support um, and we'll leave it at that today. So thank you very much indeed and goodbye. Yeah, thanks very much. See, I didn't say cunt once. There we go. Right, and we need to. Uh... Okay, how do we switch it off? <laughs> Just the big red button. Okay. So, Doctor Who.